I've always felt fortunate that my family has loved to travel. Before I went to college, I had been to a luau in Hawaii. I had held koala bears and rode underwater scuba motorcycles in New Zealand and Australia. I had seen tortoises in Ecuador and traversed Machu Picchu in Peru. The travel bug continued biting me, or maybe enveloping me is a better word, as I headed into adult life. Real bugs bit me during a volunteer trip to the Dominican Republic, which featured days of building schools and teaching subjects to local kids, immediately followed by adventures like whitewater rafting and waterfall rappelling. I studied abroad in China, literally kissing the ground at the Olympic Stadium in Beijing and walking along the Great Wall of China. I went to an actual penguin island with my family in Chile. If you've never seen a barrage of penguins living their best lives, well, I highly recommend it. Even a mere few months ago, I embarked on a month-long trip across Europe. It was a wonderful time and, psst, in case you're new to the show, there's a full episode about it. It's just a few episodes before this one. What a promo. Anyway, Matt Kepnes didn't have such an extensive travel background growing up. He didn't take his first international trip until he was 23. But boy, has he made up for it. He's traveled through over 100 countries, wrote the books How to Travel the World on $50 a Day and 10 Years a Nomad, and is the founder of Nomadic Matt, a website designed to help people travel smarter while spending less money. For example, I learned about Flixbus through Matt's website. For the price of a sandwich, I was able to travel from Berlin to Prague. A train would have cost me about seven times that much, while a plane would have caused needless amounts of angst amid surging flight prices. Matt's website is full of goodies, so we're talking about how he's built up his travel brand, the importance of journaling, the time he got stabbed while traveling abroad, and much, much more. I'm Joey Held, this is Good People, Cool Things, and here's my conversation with Matt Kepnes of Nomadic Matt. To kick things off, can you give us your name and your elevator pitch? My name is Matt Kepnes, and I run the travel website nomadicmatt.com. I help people travel the world on a budget and have been doing so since uh, 2008. Do you remember the first trip you ever took? As an adult, yeah, that was the trip that inspired it all. Uh, it was to Costa Rica in April 2004. Um, I was hoping to go to Australia with a buddy of mine who just graduated from college. And... He chickened out at the last second. Um, and so I had already taken the vacation time. It was, you know, use it or lose it kind of days. So I was like, okay, well, if I can't go to Australia, where else can I go? Uh, and somehow I ended up in Costa Rica. I cannot, for the life of me, remember the journey to, to <laughs> booking that specific tour. But it was there that I was like, oh, now I get why every adult in the world loves vacation. Because it's amazing and you don't have to worry about work and you are the master of your own ship every day, right? And it's, you know, there's no worries. It's, you're just meeting cool people, doing cool things. And I was like, ah, I'm hooked on this. <laughs> have you since traveled with that friend or is he cut off now from trips? <laughs> we, um, I haven't spoken to him in like 20 years, <laughs> but unrelated, we just kind of grew apart. We actually did end up going to Belize together. Uh, in the beginning of 2006, uh, he, we had very different travel styles. But yeah, I mean, uh, last I heard, he lives in Michigan with uh, his wife and kids. Nice. <laughs> Hopefully still getting to travel occasionally. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> so you recently released the Travel Journal, I, which... I think if, if anyone visits your site or, or, you know, reads about you for even a little bit, they see that you're a big fan of journaling. 
why has that been such an important thing for you? You know, uh, one of the first things I did when I backpacked the world in 2006 was I kept a journal. It was not only was it there to, you know, record my thoughts and feelings. It was sort of like a budget, like how much am I spending? Am I, um, on track? You know, it was a catch all kind of little moleskin. Um, but when I went to write my memoir, you know, I had stopped journaling for a while. I pick it up. I put it down. My blog is kind of my journal. Uh, but when I went to write my memoir, I had to go back into the archives of my life. And I had that journal from that trip. And, you know, I had misremembered dates, places. I'd forgotten about people I had met, things that had happened. And there was all there, raw, unadulterated, like as I thought and felt it when I was 25 years old. And so to be able to go back and reflect on those experiences and be like, oh, yeah, that's how it how I really felt because, you know, we all tell ourselves stories, um, to justify things. So like time kind of shifts memory a little bit. Um, we forget things. Um, we purposely forget things sometimes. Uh, and so having a journal allows you to remember things as they were, not how, uh, not how, as you'd like them to be. And so I, I think plus in today's world, when we're writing for social media, you know, it's creating this image, right? Even if it's just for your friends, you know, we all want to live a cooler life, um, you know, do it for the gram kind of thing. But when you're journaling, you can go deeper, uh, you can get more thoughtful and you do it for yourself. There's, you know, so you can be a lot more honest about feelings or thoughts and opinions in a way that you can't wait if you're just even writing a blog post. So you incorporated that journaling into your book, 10 Years a Nomad, A Traveler's Journey Home. What what was your main goal of, of doing a book? Was it just like, I've traveled so much and I need to get this out to people? Or what, what do you hope readers get out of it? Well, the journal was created as a way to make it easier for people to uh, journal. It's called My Travel Journal. And, you know, there's a page for every day uh, for it's like uh, six months. And it just features prompts. You know, what did you do today? You know, what's the name of the person you met, your favorite food, and then some free, you know, there's a bunch of prompts um, as a way to sort of guide your journaling to make sure that, you know, you kind of remember the things you don't want to forget. And then there's free space for um, just free writing. Uh, the book, 10 Years a Nomad, uh, which came out in 2019, uh, follows me from 2006 to 2016 when I was backpacking the world for 10 years. Uh, and that book is really just about the life of a traveler um, and to give people a sense of what it is like to travel long-term the ups, the downs, the thoughts, the feelings, uh, and kind of maybe inspire them to take their own trip. Outside of a journal, do you have like a must-have travel item that you always take with you? A book? Am I, I mean, iPhone, but really music. 
Um, I, I try to be very minimalist when I travel. So I don't often care, like, I don't have a lot of gear. I always have a book on me, a notebook, um, and just like my phone, just so I can listen to music. What more do you need? That's very true. Do you have a, I know some people have like very curated playlists depending on where they're going. Are you like that or you're just like, whatever I'm feeling? Uh, whatever I'm feeling, you know, I just I have, you know, tens of thousands of songs and I just keep it on shuffle. I like it. I like it. So obviously you've traveled. What What's your country total up to? Uh, I'm not really a country counter okay. uh, in the sense that I keep super track of it all, but I would definitely say I'm north of 100. Okay. Maybe close to 110. I've, years ago, I stopped counting um, and I just haven't bothered since. Okay. So you've at least generally, you've, you've traveled to more than half of the countries in the world. What is your worst travel story? I got stabbed in Colombia. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Someone tried to take my phone, and there was a tussle, and he had a knife, and I didn't know it. And so I have a bunch of scars now. Um, it's the short end of the... That's the short version. <laughs> Did you know you had been stabbed when it happened, or was it kind of like, what is this feeling, and then you realize... <laughs> So I think he was cutting me with a box cutter. Okay. Um, so it, it was only muscle deep. Um, but you're so hyped up on adrenaline that you don't really feel it. Like, I thought I was just punching me, which he was in a sense. But because I'm so hyped up on adrenaline and the knife was only muscle deep, um, I just, like, didn't really know until after. Like, like all these people were like, you know, I fought the guy off, you know, again, I didn't know he had a knife. He didn't lead with the knife. If he had left with, led with the knife, he wouldn't have taken my phone. Um, but when people were like, oh, you know, sit down, let's check you out. They took my jacket off and I'm just drenched in blood because of all the, the cuts. Well, glad you, glad you persevered and made it, made it out intact. At least mostly, it sounds like. Yeah, it could have been. I was lucky. Yeah. You you kind of said this at the top that a big focus of yours is on budget traveling. But I think a lot of people still think you have to shell out all kinds of dollars to go travel and see the world. So what is something maybe about travel that would surprise people? That it's like, hey, this doesn't have to be so expensive. Or conversely, do you have kind of an underrated uh, travel hack to save money? Travel does cost money. There's, you know, there's no way around it. You need some money. Um, but there's a lot of deals. There's a lot of creative ways to save on the road that I don't think the average person really knows about because they don't get a lot of press. Um, and I think, you know, if you're willing to work on a farm or teach or you know, volunteer, House sit. There's a lot of ways to reduce your cost. So travel doesn't, travel is a privilege. It's not something everybody can get. You know, there's no amount of budget tips that are going to change the fact that you're, you know, barely getting by, right? Um, and so I would say that in general, like, if, as long as you're f flexible, 
you can always find a deal somewhere. And sometimes you just have to be flexible with your comfort too, right? So if you're like, I, <clears throat> I want to go travel, but I won't accept anything less than a res- five-star resort. Well, you know, you're, that's it, right? Like you've just sort of li- eliminated everything else. And so there's only so much wiggle room you, you have. But if you're like, I will go and I will do anything, sleep anywhere, stay anywhere, work anywhere, well, then you sort of opened up the entire world to yourself because you're willing to be as flexible as possible. And I think, and part of the reason that's why so many young people can travel more, because they're willing to be that flexible, right? You know, they're willing to sleep in that 20-bed hostel. They're willing to work on that farm. They're willing to, you know, go the slow way, right? Um... Whereas they're willing to eat cheap food all the time, you know, live on ramen or pasta. Whereas, you know, if you're like 45, you're a little bit more stuck in your ways. And so you sort of narrowed out some of the flexibility. And maybe that ties in nicely to a question I always like to ask, which is one you wish you were asked more frequently. So why don't people travel more? They tell themselves, they give themselves reasons why they can't. You know, I think that, again, travel is a privilege and it's not something everybody can do. But I think for the majority of people who say, uh, you know, I can't travel, it is because they don't want to sacrifice things in their lives to make that. It's not their, their dream. So for, you know, for example, someone will say like, oh, you know, travel, like I just can't afford the flight. And I've said this to friends. It's like, okay, but you just bought like $400 sunglasses. You know? So I think a lot of it is mindset. You know, okay, you know, if you're, again, this is for every, like your average person. You know, if you think, oh, I don't, I only get two weeks vacation a year. Okay, well, take it. Or use long weekends. Uh, I don't have enough money. Come up with a budget. And yeah, maybe it won't be for the next year. Maybe it'll take you two years to save. But you have to start with that first step. And that is really just saying, I want this more than anything else. How do I make it happen? For budgeting in particular, do you have like a tool that you use? I'm just asking because I was just doing my taxes recently and... I, I just use a good old-fashioned Google Sheets for work-related expenses, but have you found something that you're like, oh, that's much easier? I also just use a good old-fashioned spreadsheet. For most people, when they say, I can't afford to travel, I would say, okay, maybe that's true, but how do you know? Do you keep like a, a daily budget? Like, do you write down all your expenses? Like, do you have a really good sense of like everything? And you know, if you're making minimum wage, oh yeah, it's totally true. But again, the majority of people don't know where their money goes. How much money do you spend per month and on what? Most people have an estimate, but they don't really keep track. So I tell people like, keep track of everything you do for two weeks. Like, if you go give a dollar to a homeless person, write that down. Because you don't know what you can cut if you don't know what you're spending it on. And most people don't have a good sense of what they spend day to day. 
Why is what should I do in a country your least favorite question? One, there's a ton to do. Three, uh, two, I don't know what you like or dislike. Um, and three, it's like, okay, like, where do I start? You know, it's like, do I start with museums? How, like, where are you staying? What do you want to do? Which, like, there's so many other questions um, that I'm going to ask, what should I do? Is like my least favorite question I get asked. And that's actually the question that every travel writer hates the most and is also outside of what's your favorite country, the most asked question. What would be right? a better, a better question? A better question to ask uh, a travel writer is I'm going to Munich. I like art. What's like two art museums I should see? Cause then it's like, okay, like I, all I have to do is study two art museums. But if you're like, what should I do? It's like, okay, well, you can go, well, you can go here, you can go there. Well, there's this castle, well, there's this cool walking tour. You know, it's like, where, where do I start and where do I stop? Okay. You're almost off the hook here, Matt, but we always like to wrap up with a top three. So what are your top three travel books that influenced you? Um, In a Sunburn Country by Bill Bryson. Um, that was the first travel book I ever read because it's about Australia. So when I was thinking about going to Australia with my friend, I read that book. And that sort of made me interested in like travel. Uh, Vagabonding by Ralph Potts. It's sort of like the came around in like mm, 2003, 2002, 2003. And it's sort of like the OG Bible on backpacking, like how to do it, the theory of doing it, like the perks. It was just sort of like such an inspirational book that when I was planning my first trip around the world, that like that was my Bible. Like that was the thing I looked to for inspiration and advice. Um, and then I would say The Alchemist, even though that's not really a travel book, that's more of a life book. Um, I would say <clears throat> that book by Paulo Kelio, I can never pronounce his last name, um, is just a book that makes you feel good about following your dreams and living your life. And so when I was looking for validation about my decision, um, that book was like, they're like, follow your dreams. You know, I mean, most people on the road have read that book multiple times. Um, but I would say those three were the biggest influences because they affected my, my travel so much, you know, like they kind of inspired me and, and guided the way. Fantastic. Well, Matt. You're officially off the hook. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat. If people want to learn more about you, read some of your writing, or pick up a copy of the Travel Journal, where can they find you? Yep, I am easily branded everywhere online as Nomadic Matt. Uh, so nomadicmat.com uh, for articles, stories, tips, advice. And your favorite social media platform, backslash Nomadic Matt, <laughs> and I will be there. Um, I'm most active on Instagram and Twitter. Um, so that's, you know, where you'll find me most. Fantastic. And you're about to move. We were talking beforehand. So safe travels and best Thanks. of luck. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. It's, it's uh, time to go to New York. <laughs>
And of course, we've got to end with a corny joke, as we always do. Why did the pirate book a vacation? He needed a little R and R. Oh, that's a good dad joke right there. That's a good dad. I'm going to take that. Yes, please do. <laughs> yeah, that is a really good dad joke. Good People, Cool Things is produced in Austin, Texas. If you were a fan of this episode, go ahead and hit that follow button. That helps more people hear the show. You can send me a message, joey at goodpeoplecoolthings.com. Thank you to all of the guests who have been on Good People, Cool Things. You can check out all the old episodes via goodpeoplecoolthings.com. As always, thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. 